You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. John chapter 4, verse 35 and verse 36. I sent out a video. Uh, hopefully everyone got it. If, we, if you did not get a video from me this week, go to our guest services and we'd uh, like to get your information and be able to send out a video to you about today's message is titled, and it's been really heavy on my heart, Unreaped Fields. And in that video, I shared how my wife and I was driving and uh, we were in the Amish country and there was uh, thousands of pumpkins uh, well beyond harvest time. And we, we looked at each other and, and everywhere we went, we seen these pumpkins rotten. And uh, we wondered what in the world, you know, and we still, we, we really don't know what, what, what the purpose, what, what behind it was. But I had no investment in that harvest. I had no work in it at all. And it still bothered me. Yesterday, I, I preached a funeral right here. And uh, the casket was right here of Ann Perry that was our uh, custodian many years ago for 21 years. And I seen the family coming up at the end and leaning over and kissing their mother. Sam kissed his wife. And uh, in my heart, I could visualize, and I pray that you can catch a glimpse of this. You leaning over and not knowing where your loved one in that casket would be. And everyone in that family yesterday, when they leaned over, they knew exactly. I should be able to stop right there. Unreaped fields. Jesus said in John chapter four, verse 35 and 36, say not ye there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Pastor Aaron, bless the reading of the word of God, please. Almighty God, Lord, we lift up our eyes to you, Lord God. Father, we've lifted up our voice unto you and we sung with our heart, Lord God glorifying, magnifying you. We feel your spirit and your presence, Lord God, and we're thankful that you're here. And Father, we're thankful for the living word. And as it goes forth today, Lord God, may it bring life into your body of Christ, Lord God. May we hear, Lord God, what your word says, Lord God. May we respond, Lord God. May we just not be a pew sitter that sits, but may we soak it up and respond, Lord God, and take action in that word today that's going to bring us to life. Father, I pray for pastor. I pray for every word that's been prepared, Lord God. I pray for your anointing, Lord God. If there's something that you need said that he hasn't prepared, drop it into his inner man and release it unto us, Lord God. Father, I pray your blessing upon the house in the name of Jesus and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Whitened harvest fields are a concern for Christ and with good reason. 
The heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus was on the harvest of the souls. The heart of the Lord was on the harvest of my soul and of your soul. That is the heart of the Lord God Almighty. And most men focused their hearts upon the world's harvest, the planting of seed and the reaping of grain. What I mean is the investment of energy, the investment of money, the investment of gain and wages, and nothing wrong with any of that. We need all of that. But the heart of Jesus was and still is upon people. Planting of the gospel seed is where his heart is and reaping of souls for God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad somebody sowed in my life and I'm glad that I'm a part of the harvest of God. If you're glad, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Grain having reached such a stage is in danger of being lost forever if it is not harvested. Listen to me. We have failed to look. There'll not be a harvest until we look. And our Lord's directive is very clear. Jesus said in John 4 and 35, again, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white, all ready to harvest. Until we look, we will never really see. Do you hear me? Until we look, we will never really see people as truly lost it's doubtful until we look and see their condition that we will ever do any reaping of the harvest. Only the Spirit of God can open up your eyes of understanding. Only by the Spirit of God can you leave here today and fully understand what the lost person, their true condition is, and also the Word of God. And I know the Spirit of God is here today and the Word of God is coming forth right now. So when we leave today, we have no excuse to lift up our eyes and look and begin to sow God's word and God's kindness and God's love and watch us reap a harvest. Come on church, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the challenge, the challenge of Jesus was to lift up your eyes and look on the fields. It's amazing how God works while they were singing, Pastor Kerry mentioned about the things of this world grow strangely dim. And I made a note of that in this message. The things of the earth have to grow strangely dim before we ever look and see. Romans 12 and two, and be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God's. Can you imagine God ever instructing us to do anything that would be harmful to us? Isn't it amazing that everything that God has instructed us to do is for our well-being 
and we still challenge it and we still fight it, everything until everything else in the world around us becomes strangely dim and we're more focused on God and looking to do what God's will is. When Jesus came, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And that's what God wants you and I to do. In Galatians chapter six, verse eight and nine, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm 61 years old. And I thought to myself the other day in preparing for this message, when am I gonna learn to put all of my focus on you, God? When am I going to learn that when I do that, Dave, my life goes so much better, but the things of this world that want to drag me the interest that I have, the things on my bucket list, and the things that I wanna do, they drag me away from what God wants me to do in time. When am I going to learn that when the things of the world, because I came into this world with nothing, and I will leave with nothing except for what I've laid up in heaven, when am I going to learn? I'm glad, I'm glad I'm only preaching to myself because I know that the rest of you do not struggle. The rest of you are at the foot of the cross at all times. So I'm preaching to myself, right? That's what I thought. So the condition of the lost. What Paul said of the Ephesians is true of all that is outside of Christ. Until we take a look at their condition, we'll never understand the awfulness of being lost. We'll, until we look at what loss means, we will never have a desire to fully sow the seed and reap the harvest. If you're lost here today, and you may not understand, you're saying, well, what are you, what, what's this guy talking about? I'm lost, I know exactly where I'm at. I'm in Meadowbrook, West Virginia. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your spirit man, your soul. Do you know God in a personal relationship? Ephesians chapter two, verse one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So if you're lost, you are living dead, is what the Bible said. Before conversion, man lives a life of death. Death, what does it mean when I'm speaking of that? It means separation. Does not mean you're extinct. Death is the separation of a person from the purpose or the use for which he was intended. What is your purpose? Why did God create you? Man was created to know, to fellowship, to worship, and to serve God. And friend, if you don't know God and you don't have a heart to fellowship and a heart to worship and a heart to serve God, there's a good chance you're lost. Do you hear me this morning? First Timothy five and six says, 
but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Paul uses a Greek term, term spatalosa. Refers to someone who is consumed with pleasure and consumed with materialism. I'm not against pleasure or material things, but when, do you have material things or do material things have you? There is the difference. Can someone say amen? So the lost are known by their walk. Ephesians chapter two, verse two, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. I could preach all day right there. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, the sinner walks under the power of Satan is what that is telling us. Note that Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. So what does that mean? It means the person that is lost, the sinner walks in disobedience. Very simply, he or she refuses to obey God. Jesus said, if you love me, do as I command you, right? So the sinner walks in disobedience. Matthew 7 and 26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and a great fall was it, man. I'm gonna hobble around here a little bit. When I look at a church our size, and I am so thankful of the young couples that we have. Young families line up. Takes them forever to get their kids in and get them out of junior church. There's 120 kids over there, not counting nursery. Thank God I'm not teaching over there. My sister's in the nursery today, so I'm preaching three hours just to spite her. But when I look around and I see the young people in this church and how they are prospering, how the ones that are really sold out and committed that are bringing their children to church and training them up in the way that, and I see storms come in their life, but when the wind comes and the rain blows, that house still stands cause it's on solid ground. And then I see some that no matter what their age, when the storm comes, it folds up like a $2 suitcase in a rain store because they're not serious and they're not grounded on the word of God. Let me tell you, let the things of the world grow strangely dim. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and watch how God builds your house and sustains you when the storm, how, oh, when the storm passes by. Woo! Woo! Very important. Listen to me. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. 
The course of this world, I looked in one of my commentaries just starting to take was talking about the fashion and how the fashion changes. But God never changes. He's great. I said he's great, amen? I used to say he was good, but Kentucky Fried Chicken is good. Uh, God is great. Has God been good to anybody in the house? Put your hands together. Walking under the power of Satan, the lost, listen to me, until you see their true condition, the lost are the children of wrath. Very important. We are told in Romans 1 and 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. All, all, wrath. It is an anger that arbors and hates sin and evil. And the only thing God hates is sin and evil. And the wrath of God will be unleashed. Do you hear me? How pitiful. The lost are without Christ. Ephesians chapter two, verse 12. That at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Listen to this having no hope and without God in the world. How pitiful is the person who has no hope. And I don't care what you live in, how much money you've got, it is pitiful if you don't have hope. And your only hope can be in Jesus. How pitiful you, that you would be facing life and death without the assured hope. I don't wanna face life without Jesus and I sure don't wanna face death without Jesus. Anybody got any hope in the house? Anybody got any hope? Proverbs 14 and 32. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous have hope in his death. Well, I just started living. Well, I found me a brand new life. Well, it changed my direction. Anybody know what I'm singing about right there? I got hope. Do you, do you hear me? I got hope. Yesterday I had hope. The day before I had hope. I got hope today. I got hope tomorrow and in every day to come. And at the end of my, of my journey, when you all walk by and shed one tear and go eat lunch, I, I will not be laying there because all my hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, and absent from the body, we'll be present with the Lord. That's the kind of hope I got. I don't have hope in a 401k. I don't have hope in Joe Biden. I don't have hope in nobody else except Jesus. If you got that kind of hope today, you ought to get out of your seat and thank God that you got hope. That you got hope. Anybody over here got any hope? We bless you, Lord. Anybody got any hope? I said over here. Philippine, you got any hope? Give God a hand. Woo! Woo! Somebody say, woo! 
Oh man, oh man. I'm wound up tighter than a banjo. <laughs> Proverbs 14 and 32. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. The lost are without God in the world and will be without God when they stand before God Almighty. They're on their own. Oh my goodness. I wrote it down here. You don't have to be on your own. And a crowd this size and by live stream and by television, somebody that is listening feels like you are alone. That is a lie from the devil. Can I be honest with you? There's times I sit in my own office with my door closed and I feel like I'm alone. Because that's the enemy that lies, that speaks to my mind. There's times that I feel like, well, I've done all I can do. It's the lie of the enemy. Don't listen to the lie. He'll tell you to take your life. He'll tell you that you're alone. My Bible says that he is a liar and the father of all lies. My God would never have you to take your life. You are not alone. Do you hear what I'm saying? But if you're lost here today, you are trying to make it through a messed up world and you are all by yourself. But once you humble yourself and kneel down before the cross of Calvary and you admit that you're a sinner and I'll get you to a three-step program that I love. Uh, admit it, quit it, and forget it. Uh, you hear me? And just trust in God. And when you do that, you're no longer fighting your battles by yourself. Uh, do you hear me? Come on, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. You don't have to be alone. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you don't have to be alone. It grieved my spirit when I was preparing and writing down no hope. When you're lost, you're far off. You're far off, you're far away. Ephesians chapter two, verse 17, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off. You don't have to be afar off. Verse 13, but now, somebody say now. now. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. <laughs> you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. Do you hear me? You need not be far off. We can all be made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but, you guys, you must have wrote that song, right? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's buy a bus and go on the road. Can we do it? You need, to, need not to be far off. God loves you and he wants to draw you in. You're his child. What does it mean until we understand the condition of the lost, we'll never really have a desire to sow the seed and reap the harvest. What does it mean to be eternally lost? Hebrews 9 and 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, judgment. Judgment is without an advocate. 
you're by yourself. You don't have an attorney. I got an attorney. Mercy and grace. Huh? It means unutterable anguish is what it means. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 51, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13 and 42, cast into a furnace of fire. It means everlasting punishment and destruction. That's the condition of the lost. Wailing. I researched that it, it indicates sorrow or remorse. Gnashing of teeth shows extreme anxiety or pain. None of us has comprehended or come close to what hell will be like. Jesus said in Matthew 25 and 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Do you care about somebody that's next to you? Someone shared with me this morning of a man that passed away, a young man, and they really didn't know about his soul. There's an appointment that none of us can avoid. And we don't know when it is. It's called death. Second Thessalonians 1 and 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power forever, everlasting. Lost eternally. Eternal, eternal. There's a lot of churches you could show up today and they make you feel good. And there's a lot of messages I preach that make you feel good. But it's gotta be the whole word of God, not just the feel good part. Because without this, we'll never be stirred up to reach the ones that are lost. So all that, you say, wow, that's heavy. Yes, it is. But it's, it's the very reason Jesus came. I've said it already, but it's Luke 19 and 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The lost are the ones that are perishing, being destroyed, losing eternal life, being cut off from God. Cut off from God. It's not likely that you and I will get involved with the reaping until we first really perceive the condition of the harvest. Can you imagine that farmer when he's Grain is just ripe as it can be. And I, I was reading a story where a man got called out of town and, and he hired somebody to come in and reap his harvest. There was a death in his family and he had to go a long ways and that crop was everything to him. It meant everything. And he left and he went and he came back and the people that he hired were lazy and they just laid back and his harvest was ruined. Who's gonna reap your family? if you don't do it. I thought he'd get quiet right there. The Lord implores us to look, stand with me. I already kind of went down this road, but preoccupation with other things distract our attention. 
How many has trouble paying attention? Huh? My teachers, they used to take me to a chalkboard and say, you stand out there and you're gonna look at that chalkboard until you get it. Well, Jesus could come. You can leave here on Sunday mornings and there's probably about seven or 800 people here. And people come up to me and they tell me things that they want me to remember. I'm, you know. And honestly, I could be one-on-one -on -one with you. And you could be talking and at times, I don't hear words you say. Anybody struggle? But when we focus and we look, it generates necessary concern. Right now, I ask the Lord to show you somebody. Bring to your mind, to your visual of a friend or a loved one that's lost. I wanna say this before I go any further. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you feel like you're getting beat up on. I used to get whippings when I was a kid and I thought I was getting beat up on. <laughs> but two things, I deserved it and it helped me. So you deserve to hear this word because if I don't share it with you, maybe somebody else won't. Young people all over, you need to hear me, man. Don't wait till you get old to come to Jesus. Matthew chapter nine, verse 37. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his heart. Pray, pray. Until we take the Lord seriously, the harvest will remain mostly untouched. Untouched. Until we see their true condition, there'll be little action from us. I wanna close a little earlier than what I thought. Matthew 28 and 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world until that command gets into our heart, until it lays a hold on us, there'll be little harvest. Who's in your world? In 2018, it's estimated there was 7.7 billion people on the earth. I Googled it today and it's believed to be somewhere around 10 to 11 billion people, billion. We can't reach everybody, but we can reach somebody. I'll close in this, 2 Peter 3 and 9, the last part of that verse. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance every head bowed and every eye closed. For you here today that are lost, God is not willing. 
God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to bleed every ounce of blood out of him that you could be saved. Again, no matter what your age is, death has no respect of age. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to be honest with you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Listen, I'm not gonna come to you this morning. I shared my heart and I shared the word of God. And again, God loves you like you can't even begin to imagine. If you're here this morning and death knocked on your door, can you honestly say that you're ready to meet your maker? Is it right, is it well with you, with your soul and God? The most important question you've ever been asked in your life, will you accept Jesus Christ? Will you? you would like to say yes, again, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna drag you down here. If you would like to say yes, slip up your hand real high and hold it up high. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? I wanna wait, I wanna be patient. Somebody else, is the Lord speaking to your heart? Is he touching you? Somebody else, lift your hand, please. Somebody else, don't leave, don't leave. As every head is bowed and every eyes closed, for those that raised their hand, would you look right at me? That's right. That's the reward, Philippi calling people and inviting them to church. That's the example. Everyone is from that corner. That's the reward. That's, that's how it works. That's how serious it is. If you raise your hand, take somebody by the hand beside of you. Don't be ashamed. Take, take them by the hand. That's it. You just made a public confession. Now I want you to pray this prayer with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart, Lord Jesus. Today, I came here lost, separated from you, your presence. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, Lord, I repent. That means you're gonna turn from your old lifestyle. I repent of my way of life. Now, God, teach me to follow you. I'm sorry, Lord. I had no hope, but now I understand that my hope is in you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, 
I personally want to welcome you to the family of God, but I also want to say, it doesn't stop right there. It does not stop. This is the birthing. You've just been born again. Now you've got to grow. So those that are around you that know God, you need to help them grow. Those spiritual babies need someone to help care for them. Also want to encourage you to get in a small group. When you leave today, you'll be given a Bible. Go to the book of John. Come see me. See one of our staff. Say, I need help. We want to learn. What a privilege to be able to share God with you today. As everyone is in this building, be honest with me during this series. Especially today, has God laid maybe more of a desire on you to go out and sow some seed and to share Jesus? Would you lift your hands? Say yes, yes. I'm going to make you a promise. You bring them in, I'll be ready. You bring them in, I'll be ready. But also even go a little further and share, share Jesus personally with them. You can lead them to the Lord, you can do it. All right? Put our hands together and bless the Lord. Can we do that? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 